Hello and welcome to the Superposition Guys podcast. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is Roman Oros, founder and chief scientific officer, Multiverse Computing. Roman and I spoke about developing quantum applications for customers, whether the right solution for the customer comes from a vertical-specific company or a quantum-centric company, their operating philosophy, and much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, Roman, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Uh, so who are you and what do you do? Okay, well, so let me then introduce myself. I'm uh, Romano Rus. I'm a physicist. I'm the, uh, the co-founder and chief scientific officer of Multiverse Computing, and I'm also a professor of theoretical physics at, um, at uh, DIPC, which is a research center here in, in Spain. And what does Multiverse Computing do? Yeah, well, so let me let me explain you a little bit about our company. So at Multiverse Computing, we do uh, software for quantum computers, okay? And in particular, we are focusing on applications for industry, okay? We we want to build um, applications for, for real problems, for useful problems for different industry verticals. Um, and we want to solve uh, these problems using uh, quantum technology, okay? And also quantum-inspired technology as it is today. I saw a recent presentation that you gave and you spoke about democratizing quantum. Yes. Isn't it too early to democratize quantum? I mean, does, no, I, <laughs> I think you, you gave the example of your grandma. Uh, does your grandma <laughs> really want to use quantum computers? Why not? I mean, why she, she if she's given the chance, why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the idea, I, well, first to answer the question, I don't think it's too early. Okay, you know, one of the things that you learn when, when working in, in such a disruptive uh, field such as quantum computing, and this is something also that I've learned um, over the years, is that the, the future always comes faster than what you expect. Okay, uh, you always hit it sooner. And um, many people think, well, you know, it's still many years until we can um, do something useful, until this is mainstream. Well, you know, you need to start thinking about this early, okay, because otherwise you may be too late. And uh, and I don't think it's too early to democratize quantum computing. You know, at Multiverse, we are obsessed with different things. One of the things that we are obsessed with is with uh, solving real problems, so not, not academic problems, okay? Real-life problems, really the dirty thing, okay? Uh, try to reverse engineer and see how we could solve this with uh, quantum technology. But then the other thing, which is extremely important, is to make the technology accessible to the to everybody, to the people. And this is this is why we talk about democratizing quantum. So, so you know, quantum technology cannot be something just for quantum engineers, um, let's say, at a bank uh, or for a quantum specialist or for quantum physicists. Um, quantum technology needs to be something that at the end of the day, you know, the people that are working at companies and startups like, like, like us, okay, you know, um, we have to make it accessible to, to everybody. Okay, we need to make it accessible to everybody. This is the same as saying that, that you know, imagine that, that you you want to switch on the radio and listen to the radio, uh, and that's it. Uh, but to switch on the radio and listen to the radio and listen to some music, uh, you don't need to be an electronic engineer and know about all the details of how all the circuits work and so on. So this, this is exactly the same. We need to make the technology accessible for everybody or otherwise, you know, um, this is not going to work. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's too early. You know, 
the technology is still under development, but it's going to be under development forever. <laughs> okay, and we we can start to see already the first useful applications in the industry of quantum computing, and therefore it's time. Of, it's just the right time to start thinking about this. The reason I ask about too early and democratizing, let's take an example, for instance. Um, I think one of the examples that's brought up often with quantum computing, and I think you guys talk about it as well, is portfolio optimization, right? Take a, a basket of assets and ap- optimize the allocation between them to achieve target returns and risks. Um, who is your customer for such a program? Is it the... Um, 55-year-old employee that's starting to think about uh, retirement in in 10 or 15 years? Or is it the company that's managing the assets for that person? Well, at this this point, is the the company at this point, okay? But still, if you go inside of the company, it makes a lot of difference whether you are targeting the technical quantum engineers inside or you are targeting the traders and the brokers, since you were asking about this, you know? Um, even the highly skilled technical um, quantitative analyst inside of a bank, they don't need to know how to program a quantum computer. Not at all. Okay, You need to provide the solution um, in the language and, and with the tools that they are already used to do, Okay, to, to use in their everyday life. Okay, Of course, they know a lot about financial theory, but, but they have no clue about quantum. And you have to make the life easy for them as well. Okay, so so in this case, you know, in the particular case of portfolio optimization, we actually what we did was to develop a, a plugin for a spreadsheet, which is uh, the typical one of the typical tools that many many people use at financial institutions, where you can download directly the data from Bloomberg and so on, and and just make it work. Okay, as an optimization engine, where where you don't need to know exactly how are the inner workings. Okay, now if somebody wants more detail, we can also provide. That. We can provide explicit libraries. We can provide all the details of the, of you know, of how the program is built, or, or you know, or, or the details about the code. We can also do it. Okay. Now, looking uh, forward, I can imagine that eventually, you know, this thing right now, this is commercialized by banks. When you go and you know, you want to buy a, an investment fund or something like this, um, typically this is the bank uh, that is uh, managing. Um, uh, the performance of this, no? But eventually, you know, people also want to take care of their own finances. And in this sense, uh, for those people, I can also imagine that the tool that we are building could also be useful for, for them. When you look at portfolio optimization, um, obviously you want to have more than one customer. And every customer might have their own preferences or maybe even their own proprietary algorithms on how they prefer to do it. Do you go in and sell a shrink-wrapped solution? Here's our solution for portfolio optimization, just picking on that particular topic. (laughs) Or do you work with the customer to integrate into their systems in the way they like to think about portfolio optimization? Yeah, we we work directly. Well, actually, we do do both things. Okay, so we have have an optimization engine, which is the the core of of our technique, okay, which is... uh, it works with quantum technology and it's actually hybrid, okay? It's combining quantum and, and also quantum inspired technology and this is why it's working so well. Um, but then, you know, every every client is is like a little baby. So so at the beginning, we typically work first um, um, with the client directly on, on a given project and then we understand the, exactly the specifics of what they need. Because even for, a, for such a specific problem as portfolio optimization, 
Um, you may find very lots of differences between one bank and another because because you know um, you, they may apply different restrictions to the problem and so on and so forth, and therefore this makes the problems uh, the formula the mathematical formulation different. You know, so we can tailor the problem to the specific needs of the bank and then run our optimization algorithm. Okay. Um, now, what we are doing actually is that by working with different banks in different projects, we have we have right now a pretty good sense of what are the most common, let's say, constraints, okay, that um, most of the banks, I would say 90% of the banks are actually applying. And we can incorporate this into our solution, okay? And in this sense, we are building a product, okay, which is customizable up to some point, okay, but which is already integrating most of the, uh, you know, of the things that the banks are requiring. And then, you know, eventually and a posteriori, if some uh, client uh, needs a little bit of fine tuning, we can also provide it. I spoke recently with an industry analyst about quantum adoption at the enterprise, and we spoke about who's delivering the solution. One concern that he raised, and I'm curious in your perspective, is that enterprise companies don't trust the quantum vendors to truly understand their business because <laughs> a company, a quantum vendor can say, well, I work in optimization and I work in chemistry and I work in finance and I work in supply chain. And because of all these different things, you might not be sort of a jack of all trades and a master, a master of none. How do you respond to that? Do you think that uh, a company like Multiverse is best positioned to deliver these solutions? Or do you um, want to work with a partner that is that specializes in supply chain or chemistry? Yeah, I think I think we are best positioned, and, and let me let me explain you why. Because I, I think we have a, a different approach so, than 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 many hardware. Uh, sorry, hardware actually quantum quantum vendors out there. So um, the point is is the following. Um, I have the feeling that uh, that many of the quantum companies uh, in industry out there they have a well, they obviously they they come from uh, you know very abstract ideas. There is a lot of people from academia involved and so on. And then it's a natural thing that you know uh, they just develop solutions and then they go and try to to sell them to the real to, to industry. Okay, and then and then they face the problem that the problems in the industry, the actual client may have a very different problem to what <laughs> to what they were expecting. Okay, so um, this is something that. Um, that uh, at Multiverse, uh, right from the beginning, when we started the company, it was completely clear to us. The client is the first thing. You have to understand the client. Okay, The client rules. It's the client who tells you the use case, not the other way around. And it's the client who tells you the problem, and you have to work out the solution. So from the very beginning, day one, we are obsessed with with the client okay we're obsessed with that and 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 it has worked really well with uh, for us because from the very beginning we you know if the problem that the client is proposing you uh maybe it's not the thing that you had in mind but that's the actual problem that they have to solve and then you obviously it may be very difficult and you may think that well maybe this is impossible but you know you have to work and think very hard to actually reverse engineer and and see how how you can solve the problem actually with quantum technology. And, and in that sense, if you manage and succeed in doing this, at the end of the day, you will end up having a solution that is actually useful for the client and, and the client will understand you and you will understand better the client. But obviously this is, um, this is a very hard thing to do. 
because you know it's not like okay you know i come here with all my wisdom on quantum technology and i'm gonna tell you what you have to do no this is not the way of <laughs> of this is not the way of selling anything okay you have uh, because maybe you built a fantastic machine but which is completely useless because it's solving a problem that nobody cares about okay it's actually the other way around it's the client who is telling you what you have to do okay and since we started with this uh, philosophy from the beginning it went actually very well now, also, we started uh, with a very strong focus on finance when we started Multiverse already uh, three years ago or three and a half. We were 100% focused on finance. That was our knowledge. And then in finance, we were really uh, very good. Okay, We had a lot of domain expertise and it worked really well for us. And now what happened is that um, since we were so successful in finance, um, people from other verticals came to us and said, hey, could you do something like this? In, in uh, You know, I have a problem in optimization, but in the vertical of energy or in manufacturing, do you think you could help me? And, and obviously, if you are a startup and clients start to come to you and say that, uh, could you help me with this problem and I'm going I'm gonna to pay you, obviously, you say yes and, and you start to escalate your business. No, So... So we took this approach in Multiverse. With finance, we were very successful. And after specializing and being successful in one vertical, then we started exporting the solution to other different verticals. And this was extremely easy to do because we had the, you know, the engine, the, the core of the solutions that we are offering, it was already built. You know, the same optimization or machine learning algorithm that we use for finance is the one that we use for energy or for manufacturing and so on. So in this sense, we didn't have to build anything new. Um, the only thing that we had to understand was, you know, the specifics of the problem, the jargon, what were the relevant variables, what is the context and so on. And this is something that, uh, that well, in some cases it was uh, easier than others, but we also managed to, to do it pretty well. How is the company organized? I mean, how large is the company and is it organized by verticals? Is it organized by people who work on the engine and then others that do client project delivery? Uh, what could you share about that? There is a, a now right now Multiverse is a, a company with 80 people, 80 plus actually. You know we have um, the headquarters are in San Sebastian in Spain. Then we also have uh, more or less one third of the company is in our office in Toronto in Canada, and then we also have offices in Paris and, and in Munich. Okay, now we have different teams. Obviously, we have a business team, right? And then um, we have a team that is for for sales, okay, and grants. Um, there is also a research team, all right? And then there is a team which is extremely important, which is the rest of the tech team, okay? Which is essentially, it divides into two. One part is for services, okay? That is for projects with clients. And there is another one that is the product team, that is the one that is dedicated to actually building the product, okay? So that's how we are organized right now. We didn't speak about hardware yet. Um, do you find that particular types of computers, of quantum computers, are better for one problem, whereas others are better for other types of problems? And yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, yeah. And, and does the customer care? Does the customer say, well, what are you using? Or does the customer really just care about, give me a solution? Yeah, and the customer, I, I'm going to start by, by the second question. The, what the, the customer typically what they want is just a solution to their problem. They don't care if it's quantum, if it's classical, if it's with uh, AI, if it's with whatever. They just want to find a better solution to what they have. Okay? If it's on quantum, it's with quantum. If it's with quantum inspired, it's with quantum inspired. So they, they just don't really care. 
Um, that's if you go to the actual business line of, of your client, which is the one that is, is more relevant here. You know, the business line in, in banks and, in, and energy providers com and companies and so on. These are the guys that are really, you know, they have the money, they have the power to put a solution into production and they just want a better solution to whatever problem they have. Okay. It may also happen, however, that if you touch the innovation departments, uh, they are more interested in exploratory projects in, and that's more research related. Okay. In that case, yes, they care about, uh, okay, let's use, uh, I don't know, a photonic quantum computer or let's try neutral atoms or something like this. Okay. Now, having said this, uh, and to be pragmatic, it's true that um, different types of quantum hardware solve, uh, adapt better to different types of problems. Okay. And this is something that we have uh, tested and seen by ourselves. And, and this is the reason why at Multiverse, we are what the people call quantum agnostic. We, this means that we don't stick to one particular quantum hardware provider. Instead of that, we have partnerships with essentially everybody, um, uh, with everybody who has a quantum computer on the cloud and has access to it. Um, because, you know, well, for different reasons, because of different reasons. First of all, obviously, there's still no standard on how to build a quantum computer. But second, and most importantly, because as I told you, different types of problems are better solved with different types of quantum hardware. I mean, uh, for instance, if, if you had to solve a problem that has a, a large, uh, let's say it involves a quantum circuit with, with many quantum gates between qubits that are uh, highly delocalized, let's say, um, then probably it's better to use uh, an architecture that has uh, full qubit connectivity, such as ion traps or neutral atoms, instead of, let's say, uh, superconducting quantum circuits because, you know, uh, there you are limited to the connectivity of the actual topology of, of the circuit, no? However, I don't know, if you want to solve uh, an optimization algorithm, maybe you want to try quantum annealers. If you want to try uh, some other type of um, quantum machine learning algorithm that is variational, then probably superconducting qubits are, are your choice. So it, it, it exactly works like that. You've been with the company for almost four years, I think. The company is, is about almost four years old. Yeah, it's a three and a half, essentially, yeah. What is the project that you're most proud of, of all the <laughs> things that you did? I'm proud of all my projects. <laughs> they will kill me if I said something different, actually. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm proud of all my projects. Um, um, still, there are there are some projects that are very very interesting. Okay, uh, you know, we've been, uh, for instance, recently we, we've been working on two very interesting projects with uh, with Credit Agricole, okay, uh, corporate and investment banking, uh, also in collaboration with uh, Pascal uh, in France, and uh, this was a very satisfying project actually that went really well. Uh, actually, there was a couple of projects and. Uh, because we could explore a lot, uh, you know, quantum and quantum inspired techniques, uh, and they end up being very, very good. Okay, we also we also did a couple of projects on quantum artificial vision in manufacturing, which I'm I'm also very happy about them because we could beat uh, actually some benchmarks that were very hard to beat uh, in artificial intelligence, and um, and yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean I. I I will be lying to you if I told you that I have a preferred project, actually. I mean, I, I like I like all of them. Yeah. It's like asking you which which of your kids you like exactly. best, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do customers think about IP? Do they worry that their IP is somehow going to get 
you know, leaked uh, inadvertently to, to a competitor? This is something that you need to negotiate with the, with the customer, yeah, absolutely. So obviously the, uh, the serious clients care about IP. Yeah, the, the, the typical, typical story is that they try to keep the IP, which is obviously normal, no? Uh, but then it's always possible to reach some type of agreement with, with them. You know, the previous IP, you know, whatever you develop previously, obviously there is nothing to do about that. That's the previous IP. <coughs> and then when you go on a project, um, then you can negotiate. Okay. It's typically, uh, you know, um, you can reach agreements of uh, having um, co-ownership of the IP between the two institutions and so on and so forth. And that's typically how it works. Yeah. But yeah, they care a lot about IP. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the classic consulting organizations like uh, you know, Deloitte or Accenture take a customer through the discovery phase, through understanding, well, here's what quantum is about. Let's educate you. Let's determine the use cases and then let's move to a solution. Is there a conflict between what Multiverse doing and what such companies doing, or is it a natural handoff from them to you? I mean, it's. It, I think it's it's fine if um, other companies uh, have this approach because the more the people know about quantum mechanics and quantum computing, the better for everybody and in particular to us. Okay. Having said this, this is not the approach that we follow at Multiverse because we think that from a business point of view, this is wrong. I mean, this is correct if you are running a, a school. Okay, <laughs> on quantum computing, uh, you educate the people. But uh, as a company, you are not the one to educate the client. Uh, and this, has this is to be related to my previous answer. It's exactly the other way around. It's the client who is educating you. And for some reason, many people don't manage to, to understand this. I mean, obviously, you know a lot about quantum mechanics, but this does not qualify you to really, you know, understand the problem that these guys have. So you really have to go down and tell them to explain to you what is the actual problem they have. And, and not the, you don't have to tell them, well, you know, we have quantum computers, uh, we can do, obviously you have to explain them, but you don't have to educate them in order to, so that they become experts, so that they can tell you what they could do. No, that's your job. That's your job, okay? They come to you and they say, hey, I have this problem. Can you do something about this? And, and that's where you enter as a quantum expert, okay, and start thinking about, okay, how the hell am I going to solve this with quantum computing? But it's your job, not the job of your, of your client, okay? So in this sense, I think it's fine to educate people, but from a business perspective, I think it's exactly the opposite of what we should be doing. As we get closer to the end of our conversation, I wanted to ask you what you need from the rest of the industry. Uh, obviously, your success also depends on where the hardware is at any given point in terms of the development, the number of qubits, the noise, what the software tools are doing, what the cloud providers are doing. Yeah. What help or what would you like to see from the rest of the industry to make your job easier? Wow, huh, that's a tricky question. Well, obviously, obviously uh, the hardware is gonna be uh, developing farther and farther. I think this is uh, really important and that's the main main thing about the hardware. We need to, we need to to reach that point and have this breakthrough in order to understand how to make the technology scalable. You know, right now we have quantum computers with 10, 20, 30, 50, 400 qubits, maybe next year or this year 1,000 and so on. This is fine 
Um, but what I would like to have, I mean, and, and this is perfectly fine because we can find applications that are already useful for business, okay, with these machines, okay? But we would like to see quantum computers with um, 10 million qubits. Now, how do we do this? No, this is the real problem in, in hardware. I mean, uh, how to jump from these uh, NISC devices, no noisy intermediate scale quantum devices that they uh, they are limited in capability, yet they are useful as we are proving at Multiverse. But I mean, if I had to, you know, ask uh, Santa Claus what would be my wish, I want a quantum computer with 10, 100 million, I don't know, 10,000 million qubits, for instance. So how do we do that? No, this is this is something that I would like to see um, from the hardware companies. But obviously, this is one of the hardest problems that, that we have uh, at this moment. But that obviously will help the whole the whole quantum computing community to to move forward. No. Um, from the business, also from the business point of view, and perhaps more from uh, from quantum software companies, uh, you know, um, there are many quantum software companies out there, okay, uh, focusing on different on different things. But I think it will be very useful if we could start to see new, even more more quantum software companies emerging. Okay, so right now there are lots of uh, quantum software startups going on. Uh, and this is very nice, but perhaps also like uh, big vendors such as, uh, you know, uh, people such as IBM, they did a lot on, on quantum computing, Microsoft and so on, but there are also other technology giants, which uh, would be nice to see in the game. I wanted to end with a hypothetical question. If you could have dinner with one of the quantum greats, dead or alive, who would that person be? One of the quantum... Uh, uh, great. Uh, Schrodinger. <laughs> Any particular reason? Well, he's, uh, well, obviously, I will ask him about his equation <laughs> and about his cat, whether it's dead or alive. No. Uh, but he was also an interesting personality. So I, I wouldn't mind having a dinner with him and asking him a couple of questions. Roman, how can people get in touch with you and what kind of people would you like to hear from? Yeah, well, uh, it's very easy to get in touch with me. Just uh, send me an email. Uh, you can find it easily on the internet or just, uh, you know, uh, I also have a Twitter account. It's pretty easy to find me. So so that's fine. And I'm happy to hear about anybody <laughs> who, wants to, who wants to talk about quantum computing. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, you're welcome.